Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast episode number 115. Fredo Esparza here, ready to talk about all the big news in Lucha Libre. I was planning on doing a podcast a few weeks ago, but uh, I wasn't home for about a week, so um, that all, my schedule completely changed. Um, But I'm back, ready to do this show. Um, A lot to talk about, Heroes and Mortales, just a little recap on that, some thoughts on that show. AAA had another show that followed that that was actually pretty good as well. Some of the latest CMLL news with the, you know, the last podcast we did, we talked about Roosh and Ray and Lee leaving. And they've basically been, you know, they've kind of just gone on without them. And uh, there really hasn't, it's been pretty much what you, pretty much what you expect from CMLL with a lot of the, the same repetitive stuff that was going on, even with those guys in the promotion, even all the guys that have left recently, it's still pretty much been the same thing. Nothing really has. I think the last time there was something really strong that was just different in CML was really when LA Park was there, I think earlier in the year. So, uh, and back when the Lucha Brothers were there. So, really, since that time, there really hasn't been a, there hasn't been a lot of changes and just a lot of, it feels like it's, they're just going on repeat mode right now. You know, they had a big show for Dia de Muertos that didn't really, you know, other than everybody being dressed up like, you know, skeletons and, you know, celebrating the dead, it really didn't come across as a, anything that different to any other other shows. The other big news, of course, this past, just this Sunday, IWRG debuting the newest trio, one of the hottest new acts in Lucha Libre. They're going to be the reason that there is a boom in the business in Mexico. Of course, I'm talking about the strippers big. Ovet, Tortuga Ninja Mike, and Chico Che all joining up together to form Strippers Big. They just debuted. They used the Backstreet Boys, I think it was the Backstreet Boys um, song or one of those groups from that time period. It was, they, they rustled the Exotico, so that's something else for all of you who are into independent wrestling, independent Lucha Libre for all of you to look forward to. But I guess we should start with um, AAA's show, um, Heroes Immortales. Um, I thought it was a really good show overall. I think the thing that happened with Heroes Immortales and anything that's going on with AAA in the last couple of weeks, um, it's despite them having good shows, there's still a bit of a dark cloud 
following them right now because of the the injury to um, La Parca. Very serious injury that happened on, um, I think, the day after Heroes Immortales on October 20th. Um, during a Chaos AAA show in Monterey, he hit, he went for a Tope Suicida at Rouge. This was, a, this was like, I think, a four-way match that included Rouge, L.A. Park, La Parca, and Murder Clown. I think it was Murder Clown. Yeah, it was Murder Clown. And why Murder Clown? I don't know, but it was Murder Clown. And um, during the match, La Parca goes for a Tope Suicida. And the way it looked, he kind of went a little too low. He clipped the he clipped one of the ropes, and I think it kind of let it, caused him to go a little too low on Roosh. So he was so low that Roosh wasn't going to be able to catch him. So instead of being able to catch him, La Parca ended up hitting the the guardrail the the barricade, and pretty much um hurt I fractured or you know whatever happened to his um spine and neck area his vertebrae. Um, he was taken to the hospital, very serious. Um, the the AAA doctor gave an update on this past Thursday on his condition, and they talked about how if they had not done um, the immediate surgery that they did to just uh, relieve the pressure, um, the injury would have likely killed him. Um, they talked about him having a tracheotomy. Um, they've done, I think, a couple of other surgeries during that first the first week that he was in the hospital. They haven't done anything afterwards, despite what you know, Ijo Santo and other people have said. One of the other things the doctor from AAA said was that the only people that have been able to visit La Parca have been um, doctors and his immediate closest family members. So really, the, if I think the most information you're going to get for that, as far as the most reliable information you're going to get, is just wait for AAA to get news directly from the family or their, their own doctor or from, you know, La Parca's son, Caris Lamomia Jr. If he talks about it, then that's when you'll know more about it. But um, it's a very serious injury. Um, they say he's actually responding. Um, he does. Um, he's communicating. He's not speaking because um, obviously he has the he has a pipe in his um the tracheotomy. He's communicating with nodding his head yes or no, um, anything else of that form. But um, it's gonna be a long road for him. Um, hopefully he does pull through. I don't know if he's ever gonna come back and wrestle. Um, there's been. There's been other wrestlers who have suffered that type of injury, but um, I think it depends on how that injury happens. I know like Okumura suffered a slightly similar injury to that, but his was while tumbling, you know, training in the ring. Um, he was doing tumbling. I know another wrestler that's local in, in Southern California. Um, the local Los Angeles wrestler Triton also suffered a similar injury uh, when, he, um, when he was also training. And he actually, um, it took him about a year or two to recover and he's he's fine right now, but he's not wrestling anymore. Plus, I also the other thing is that this if this injury happens at a certain age, it also there's a further a, a, a more of a risk to the person's health and whether or not they will return. So, um, hopefully this you know I hope hopefully um, La Parca pulls through. There was a lot of um, confusion because um, a lot of people thought it was LA Park. It isn't LA Park. It's actually La Parca. And um, Ali Park actually is still wrestling. He's very active. He's he just challenged for the MLW heavyweight title this past weekend. So, um, and he's still appearing everywhere. He's going to be part of triple uh, several AAA shows, and you know he's still involved in a lot of wrestling. But um, yeah, La Parka, everybody's um, sending out their well wishes for him. Hopefully, he pulls through and he'll be okay. Um, I don't know if he's going to come back into wrestling because he's fifty three years old. So um, he's he's at that that other side of. Um, of uh, an athlete's or, you know, professional's, 
you know, as far as their their body being able to sustain an injury like that. Fortunately, he's he's still alive, and you know, it isn't anything. Um, hopefully, he pulls through. That's all I, I know. And you know, it's been it's been a, it's been the thing that's been on everyone's mind as far as on um, what's been going on with AAA, even though they've had a lot of news. Um, like I said, they had Heroes Immortales, and there was a lot that happened on that show. But, you know, the big news in that show is really um, Kenny Omega beating Phoenix for the AAA World Mega title. Um, that is a big, I don't know, I think it's a big, it's a big, um, big win for, you know, as far as a title change and Kenny Omega winning it. I don't really know if it's really something that AAA is going to get anything out of it uh, beyond, you know, having a big name holding the belt. I think what it will do is it'll give Kenny Omega, like, next time he shows up, because a lot of the, the, the Mexican fans have been very lukewarm to a lot of these guys who have been coming in from um, from AEW. They were very quiet when the Young Bucks first showed up. Um, the same thing happened with Kenny Omega. When that match with um, Phoenix started, there was a lot of a, a crowd reaction. So um, AAA actually sent out Lady Shawnee to get the crowd going for her. She was like basically in, um, in Phoenix's corner supporting it and making, you know, getting the crowd to respond. But um, I think that's what I think that's what AAA wants, that they kind of want these guys who are going to, if they're going to work a deal with AEW, they kind of want, um, you know, they those guys to show up and actually be the, you know, get a strong reaction, have people to recognize them. And um, I think that's, I think that's something that, I think the match itself was excellent. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't big fans of Kenny Omega's, um, you know, the way he wrestles, I think you're either a big fan or you're really not a big fan of his. So, you know what I don't know what it is. He's kind of a very um. He's he it's it's very difficult to um to judge whether or not um somebody you know some people absolutely can't stand him, but then you have like Meltzer who will rate matches of his, you know, five stars, six stars, seven stars. I think this match only got like I think this match, I don't think it was five stars, but it was it did get a good rating. You know, it was an excellent match. I thought I thought Phoenix really. I thought the big thing out of this match, more than Kenny Omega uh, winning the title, was that I still kind of always felt that like uh, Phoenix was always, even though he's a great performer, great worker. I don't think the fans viewed him at the level of like say Psycho Clown or even like Pentacero M at Pentagon Junior. Um, as guys who are big stars because of their personalities, their characters, I think Phoenix was kind of more like the he's a great worker. So he kind of was, he you know, in in wrestling, if you're a great worker, you always fall be, uh, slightly behind the guys who have a lot of charisma, like you know, like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. You know, those type of guys will get, uh, uh, you know, even if they're even if they're not the greatest wrestlers, they're going to get a great reaction. Fans are going to rate them very highly. But then you have like the guys who are really excellent workers who are slightly below them, you know, like a Ted DiBiase, guys like that who, who, who maybe like focus or you know like Barry Windham, guys like that who are a little more um, Ricky Steamboat, guys like that. They're never really quite at the le- they never really quite reach the level of a Hogan or Flair in the eyes of the fans. And I kind of feel that in AAA, Phoenix kind of like fell into that category uh, where he kind of before this match. I think everybody knew how great a wrestler he was, but they didn't really see him at the level of like a main event star like Psycho Clown, Pentagon, Dr. Wagner Jr. And I think this match, the way it ended and the way um, the closing minutes of it were, I think that really kind of puts Phoenix now at that level. Um, if you didn't watch the match, um, Phoenix actually bled. It gave it gave a good image to what he was, um, to, to what you want from your star. Um, you kind of want, 
you know, Mexicans love to root for guys who are like, you know, fighters, you know, guys who are going to come back, you know, they're going to get knocked down, but they're always going to come back and keep fighting. And I think that's what Phoenix did, despite losing the title. Um, I think Kenny Omega is like the, if he could, I think if he could tone down being a, a little bit of a clownish type of character, because I think even, I think even if you watch the Young Bucks when they've been in Mexico at times, they did this a few times in the crash where they were kind of doing a little bit too um, they were being a little too comedic, but if they're a little more, um, you know, a little, if they switch that over more to being a little bit more heelish, I think it, it helps them in Mexico. And I think that, I think that's something where uh, Omega has the talent to do it. He can work, but I think he does have to like, he has to tone down a little bit of the, the, the being the funny guy. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to work out because um, almost all the stuff they post for him from um for AEW is always him being kind of a bit goofy um i don't know if i, I think i think i think what triple a can expect at the very least is that they're going to get an you know if they put kenny omega against you know phoenix again or penta or or anybody else they can at least hope that it's going to be an excellent match and i think that's what they want most of all because either way they're still putting the main event is always going to be something involving psycho clown and you know some crazy um trios match or you know, like in this in this show, it was a it was a cage match that they had, um, Relevos Increíbles, where they had Rey Scorpion teaming up with Psycho Clown, Averno teaming up with Doctor Wagner Jr., Pentagon Jr. teaming up teaming up with Tejano Jr. and Chessman teaming up with Pagano. Um, Rey Scorpion ended up being the last man in the cage, um, losing to Pentagon Jr. Los Mercenarios ran out and attacked Pentagon Jr. And eventually Phoenix and Psycho Clown ran out and made the save. That actually led to the fi- the, the following show where Pentagon Jr. issued a ch- open challenge to any tag team who wants a shot at his at the AAA World Tag Team titles held by him and his brother, the Lucha Brothers, um, and Los Mercenarios, Rey Scorpion, and Tejano Jr. accepted. Um, this actually the, the other good match on Heroes and Mortales was the Copa Antonio Peña. Hijo del Vikingo beat Taurus to win that. Um, I thought that was a really good uh, match. Normally, Copa Antonio Peñas are not very good. Um, anything involving like anything like Copas in, in Lucha are usually kind of like, you know, especially if it's not a Torneo Cibernético and instead it's like a, it's a Battle Royal or Royal Rumble type of deal because you always have a lot of guys who really don't, you don't really want to see. But in this one, they did, I thought they did a really good job of um, having all the really good workers in early. And then they um, they had uh, two they added two women in it La Yedra and Fabi Apache, and they fit in perfectly in there. I think Triton was a little bit lost in the match just because he's not used to um, working with with the women, and at times he was in there with the women and um, he didn't really react to that. But he actually did his um, he did his spot, you know, the Valiente special, and you know he he was able to look at least good enough where he fits in to what it, what the plans are, whatever plans Triple might have for him there. Right now he's an independent, but you know, a lot of the AAA guys are independents, so they're working with AAA. I think their AAA is kind of at this point where they're fine with that. They have their guys that they have under contract, like Psycho Clown, um, you know, Tejano Jr., Ray Scorpion, La Parca, you know, the under some of the undercard guys. But then they also have a lot of independent guys, so they're they're kind of okay with having that mix. I think it's fewer issues for them, honestly. I don't think they want to like waste too much time with all that stuff. I'm sure at some point they would love to have guys be full time with them, but you know, it, it. I don't think it's at this point in time 
with there still being so much so many opportunities for luchadors to work not just around all over mexico but around the world i don't think you're i think the option for a lot of the guys is going to end up being independence i could totally see that happening with even more cmll guys as well just because um and you know the sad thing is that if that happens with cmll guys they're probably just going to end up having to leave um because cmll isn't really uh, too thrilled to be working with independent wrestlers right now so um, they've kind of cut down to just really having Gilbert be Gilbert Borico be, being the only independent guy on there. But back to Copa Antonio Pena, I thought they started off really well with a lot of good workers on the show. Hijo de Vikingo was one of the first guys on in the match, and then they ended it with um, the clowns coming in, Murder Monster and Dave the Clown. But I thought the way they booked it was really well done. Um, Taurus was awesome in this match. Taurus was awesome like the following show. On the the ten twenty the October twenty sixth show, um, he teamed up with. Um, actually, he was in a in a four way match where he beat Aramis, hijo del vikingo, and Ares. Just a really good match. Tars just like was the bully in the match. Um, the big guy just taking down the smaller guys, and I thought it worked really well. Um, Aramis is one of those skinny, strong guys. And he got to do that against Ares and Hijo Vikingo. Just a really fun match. Right now, AAA is just, they just have a lot of talent. Like I said, just because they've been able to, they're willing to work with independent wrestlers. And, you know, they're not really, nobody too bad is filling a spot. And if they're really bad, they don't really work on shows that much. They pretty much have figured out a way to like, kind of like, you know, showcase them, but not overexpose them on shows. And I think that's something that they've done really well. Um, one of the other things that's that's going on with um, AAA, they basically continued the Lady Maravilla, Big Mommy Nino Hamburguesa um, storyline. At Heroes Inmortales, Lady Maravilla and Viano Tercero Jr. retained the AAA World Mixed Tag Team titles by beating Kiera and Latigo and Big Mommy and Nino Hamburguesa. Lady Maravilla hit Big Mommy with a chair to get the win. After the match, Maravilla insulted Hamburguesa, Niño Hamburguesa. And after that, Big Mommy actually uh, told Niño Hamburguesa that she had had enough of him and was done teaming with him. And pretty much in one night, Niño Hamburguesa lost both his women, uh, which was really <laughs> really a, 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 a nice little switch to the storyline. Really, I think I think if you're going to watch Heroes Immortales, the matches to watch are really the the Copa Antonio Pena and the Kenny Omega Phoenix title match. Everything else I thought was just okay. But, you know, it was a good show overall. I thought that was really something that I will say that AAA was really good. The show that followed that actually had a really good opener. Um, Dino, Dinastia retained his AAA minis title. I don't think he's defended that title in a while. But um, they actually have figured out a way to have more minis in the in the roster. Um they had Drago Kid. They had they debuted Drago Kid and Loretto Boy, and Drago Kid ended up being Astrolux, while Loretto Boy ended up being Freelance. And uh, I thought they this was an excellent match. Also in the match was Demus and Mini Psycho Clown. This was a really good opener, um, excellent match. Uh, I'm glad they found more guys for um, Dynastia to work with, and you know I think it also helps. Someone like Freelance, who was kind of not really too thrilled to be working as a mini, um, at least now he'll be able to work, you know, he could still work as his regular character in Freelance on the independence, and he could do the the mini stuff if um, if AAA wants him as Loretto Boy. I don't know if, I don't know if you're Loretto Boy being 
I think Freelance might be like 15 years older than than um, Loretto Kid. So I don't know if he's necessarily the right guy to be a Loretto boy. But, you know, that's the amusing thing about it. But um, the other thing on that show, like I said, was the was the Taurus, Aramis, Hijo Vikingo, and Aramis four-way match. I thought that was excellent. Um, the rest of the matches on it were pretty good. Um, they continued the the Lady Maravilla, Big Mommy Nino Hamburguesa deal. Uh, basically, Big Mommy challenged Lady Maravilla to a hair ma- versus mask match. And again, Big Mommy, Big Mommy also wanted a rematch for the AAA Mixed Tag Team titles. But then she told Nino Hamburguesa that she did not want to team with him. And she would rather challenge for those titles on her own. Um, that's something to look forward to. I don't think I'm pretty sure they're. Probably, I would think they're probably gonna do some sort of angle where, where um, Big Mommy tries to look for a new tag team partner, uh, which will I think be amusing just to see what options she might go for. I personally kind of hope um, it's somebody like I don't know if anybody remembers um, one of the Tijuana guys named Jonathan, um, one of those type of guys, one of those good looking dudes, uh, maybe one of the Monterey type of guys. Like Elegido or something like that. Not Elegido. I'm not saying Elegido, but one of those type of guys. Just to like make it like so Nino Burguesa suddenly becomes the jealous one um, in the storyline. Uh, but that should be an interesting thing that's going on. Um, th- I think they announced that. That might be happening. That might be one of the matches that happens at um, Guerra de Titanes or whatever the, the 12-13 or 12-14 show is. And Penta and Phoenix defending against... Uh, Ray Scorpion and Tejano Jr. for the you know on that show as well. Those are two of the matches scheduled, I would guess. With AAA, you never know. Um, the other AAA news was that they announced that there will be a Triple Mania Regia on December first at the Sultanes de Monterrey's baseball stadium in Monterrey, Nuevo León. Um, they held a press conference for this. Among those in the pa- at the press conference were Blue Demon Jr. L.A. Park and his sons, and they were basically teasing an L.A. Park Blue Demon Jr. mass match. Um, they had the Sultanes del Monterrey baseball team owner um, say that if they needed to add more money to the few to this mass match, that he would pony up and put up the money for that as well. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm guessing it's probably going to be some sort of tag match or a trios match, and I'm sure they'll probably throw in Roosh, Dr. Wagner Jr., Psycho Clown, some some mix of guys. Just because I think that's that's the type of thing that I think that's the type of main event that you know will work on, at a big baseball stadium. Um, you could fill out the rest of the card, but you don't necessarily have to do a mass match or something like that, especially for a show like that. Especially if you're going to bring in if you could bring in Rouge for that, then I think that's going to be a, that's probably going to be a bigger deal for that. Triple A also um, has a new alliance. Um, MLW announced. That they have formed an alliance with AAA. Um, that is AAA's latest alliance with a North American promotion. They are now aligned with AEW, Impact, and MLW. Um, although I think MLW has some sort of a deal with um, AEW also because I think some someone that works for MLW, I think it's Jimmy Havoc, also works for AEW. So they're... They're okay with that. And I think Impact might also be okay with it also. It's a little interesting. Um, I You know what I would like to see is I, I would like to see some sort of like, you know, while AEW's only been bringing in Lucha Brothers, so they really haven't, I think it's more 
AEW talent going to AAA than AAA talent going to AEW right now. So there really hasn't been a there hasn't really been this big. Um, we don't really know what exactly they're doing, but with Impact, Impact also I think most of their stuff has been like, you know, them doing TV tapings in Mexico and using AAA talent. Um, they have brought in more guys like I think they brought in Aerostar, Drago, um, Doctor Wagner Jr. You know, Tejano Jr. They've used a lot of the guys in the past, so I think. I, I would be curious to see what MLW will do as far as this deal. I would think, I would kind of hope that one of these promotions, maybe MLW would probably be um, best served this way is to not bring in too many guys and just focus on one or two or, you know, someone specifically. I think we talked about this with Ring of Honor, how Ring of Honor will bring in a triple, uh, a CML guy, will bring in CML guys, but they'll kind of just bring a bunch of them and not, like they'll just bring one, a bunch one month and then a couple of other guys the following month and there's really no um they don't like they don't really do anything like build anybody up is within their promotion which i think would be pretty cool you know i don't know maybe mlw will do that i'm guessing they want i think they'll just keep bringing in a bunch of guys because they they also have a relationship with the crash and they've used bestia 666 um i think they've they have um they have a couple of guys that they've signed as well so uh, Septimo Dragon, I think, is one of the guys. Ali Park, obviously, and his kids. So, you know, I think Puma King and Gringo Loco. Gringo Loco's there, but he's not really, he's not really the. He's more in the based in the U.S. right now. Yeah, so that's about it. I don't know what's gonna happen with um, AAA and ML, with MLW and the Crash. I think they're still gonna be fine. Uh, it just it's just a weird mix of everybody working together. I think at some point something's gonna happen and somebody's gonna like not be too pleased with the deal and end up you know, splitting. Um, I'm still waiting for one of the Lucha promotions to send, um, to work out a deal with NWA Power. Uh, maybe, maybe we get IWRG or maybe NWA Power can join the PAL promotion, the PAL organization in, in Mexico. They could be one of their affiliates. Um, I don't remember who was the guy that they were trying to get somebody that represents, I think the guy who represents Cuervo was supposed to get them American, an American, um, promotion to join pal meanwhile in cmll they basically moved on from the rush dragon lee bestia the ring era and you know one of the things that happened in this situation was um mystico seems to have won out uh, in this situation because he was very you know he there was no real focus in him he was just the third guy in sky team you know he he team up with caristico volador jr valiente dragon lee and really, that was basically it. No real like big push for him or anything like that. Well, they held the Grand Alternativa tournament, and you know this was the show that they were going to create new stars for CML, and they really need new stars because you know losing Roosh and Dragon Lee was a big, were two big losses. More so Roosh because of his um, you know, just because I think the one good thing about Roosh leaving is that now they don't have to worry about people wanting the Roosh Alley Park match. Uh, which is, I think, only slightly good. Um, it's not that good because there's really nothing else that they, they can... I mean, other than Caristico versus Mystico, there's nothing else that matches what they could have done with Rouge versus Ali Park. And, but like I said, they were they were never going to... CML was never going to let their own guy lose to LA Park. So so that was going to be... That was going to be a... That was going to be a, a, an unlikely situation. But um, now that they're gone, they basically did Grand Alternativa, a chance to see who might be new stars. I will say that there were a lot of... I watched only the first 
um, the block. I didn't see all of the second block because I didn't really think the second block was that strong. Uh, but the first block, I thought there were a lot, uh, a couple of guys that right now, maybe because I haven't seen a lot of them too often, would would be way better than some of the guys that they have as regulars in Mexico City in their current roster. I do think that some of the guys, like Fugaz, is already better than some of the guys that they have already. So, you know, um, anyway, the... The final ended up being Valiente and Star Jr. beating Mystico and Fugaz. It was a good match. I thought Star Jr. and Fugaz looked good. And Mystico has really kind of picked it up since his family left CMLL. Uh, I do think I wasn't too surprised that they were pushing him just because they have to. And I think it's good for him. I do think he needs to work on getting you know his visa so he could travel outside of Mexico. So he could go to, you know, the United States. Uh, so he could at least be one of the people that represents CMLL in the U.S. Even though I don't think he's that great. He's not at the level of Caristico or, you know, Ultimo Girl or the guys that they send. Or even his, his, his brothers. But I think they just need to have that happen to um, make him. So at least he comes across as a bigger star. Uh, but I thought this match, they did well. Fugaz, I thought... I think Fugaz right now, I think he's at that level where he's already better than some of the lower tier guys. I think what CML really has to do is they have to figure out how to strengthen the Rudo side of the undercard because they've lost a lot of the guys who at one point were part of that. You know, you look at the guys in trouble like Taurus, Puma King, uh, Ray Scorpion was higher on the card, but, you know, even like like Demus, guys like that, they've, they've lost a lot of the guys at the uh, in those roles that would have at least been stronger on that end. So they really have to work on that because really, I mean, I think on the technical side, I mean, they lost Triton and I think Fugaz, Fugaz kind of comes across like a, like a, like a younger version of Triton right now without, without having to, um, you know, adjust his pants. I think that's the only difference. Um, but I like Fugaz. He does kind of look a little bit like Dragon Lee. So um, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a weird feeling that, CML, I don't know if CML is going to do that, but you never know with CML and AAA or any of these wrestling promotions. I would prefer they keep him as Fugaz, but you know, you never know. Uh, Star Jr., you know, he won that. Part of the deal is you get to be a main, work the main event on the following show. So what happens? He ends up working the semi main event. So already um, CML didn't keep up to that. Um, the good thing is that he ended up actually challenged. He ended up being um, winning a Torneo Cibernético to be the challenger to um, to Sanson and the Rey, for the Rey del Inframundo title on the Dia de Muertos show on November first. And I thought that was a really good match. I thought they did really well. I think the only concern I have with that is that now Sanson always wins. They haven't come up with anybody who you know you feel can beat him. So you know. I think they've had they had Sobrano Jr., which actually was the one guy I thought could beat him. And then I think the last year they had Templario and now Star Jr. I think they probably have to raise it up a bit. I think it's time for somebody else to win. I'm hoping it's like they got to have somebody win at least once every like four years, at least somebody different. Because poor Sansone's probably going to get worn out having to do all the all the Dia de Muertos stuff, you know, because they do other stuff. They actually actually do interviews and um, this the past two weeks that of um, CML shows. If you watch Informa, a lot of the guys had to leave early 
or, or leave right away because they had to do um, interviews for, um, I think, Mark Calado and a couple of other channels that they're um, And so they they kind of had to do a lot more interviews. So I think he probably he's probably going to want to lose that at least once just to not have to do that stuff again. Yeah, but the Dia de Muerto show, they didn't actually air it live. They uploaded the show afterwards. The video starts right around towards the end of the women's match. So you don't really get a lot of that match either. But the the four matches that aired, I thought the two trios matches were just okay. Uh, nothing too great. Uh, Fugaz already is better than Flyer. So I would be worried about, if I was Flyer, I'd be a little worried that already this guy who just kind of started with the promotion is already ahead of me. Atlantis Jr. continues to improve. Um, he was very impressive. I think he had a match with, um, I'm trying to remember. Um, Templ- I think he had temp- a match with Templario that was really good recently. So that that's another match that people should go out of their way to watch. The two matches on that show, Sanson beating Star Jr. to retain the Rey de Inframundo title, I thought was was a good match. And the main event, Caristico and Mystico beat Euphoria and Gran Guerrero to win the CMLL World Tag Team titles. I thought that was a good match as well. Uh, unfortunate to see the the really good tag team of Granguero and Euphoria lose the belts. Um, I hope they don't break them up and have them continue to be a regular tag team. Um, I know it's probably easier for them to just go with Ultimo Guerrero and Granguero as a tag team, but I think Granguero Euphoria had something there. If not, I think Granguero and, and Templario would be a kind of a fun tag team also. So they have options right there. I think they, they have some combinations. Maybe do Granguero Templario as a tag team um, once just to see how they, how they gel. Um, but I do think Granguero Euphoria were a really strong tag team. Um, obviously, I think they're probably going to get a rematch. Um, but Caristico Mystico, new CML World Tag Team Champions. Um, I do, I, I like I said, they were going to start pushing Mystico. And this is one of the things, I think you could go a number of ways. You could either have them be a really strong tag team. Uh, or you could start building up to a, a Caristico Mystico match for an anniversary show. Um, you know, it'd be kind of interesting. Like, I don't think you have to necessarily do a mass match, match as far as an anniversary. I think they've had a, they've already had a singles match in the past. But you know, maybe like if you do an anniversary match where they have like it's just a grudge match, super libre or something. I think that'd be kind of cool. And then maybe like the following year do the mass match. I think that would be something interesting. Um, I don't know if they would do that. That's just my my idea. You know, long term booking idea. Um, or you could do that like at the at the at the Dos Leyendas show and then go to the mass match at the anniversary. I think that'd be something pretty cool to do. Um, I don't know if they would do that, and I think that it would take them a while to even want to do that. Um, and besides, if Mystico lost his mask, uh, what else does he... I mean, he doesn't have anything beyond it. I mean, you could do the mask and, and gimmick, kind of like what they did with L.A. Park and La Parca um, as a match. But, you know, who knows what they're going to do. Uh, but they're gonna it's 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 something new it's something worth um keeping an eye out on and i i think right now like with cmll i do think they kind of have to start kind of like changing what they're like who they're booking as far as who's on top and what's going on just the repet the repetitiveness of their shows is really starting to get like it's starting to wane on a lot of people um it just kind of feels like it's the same thing over and over again. Like the Caristico Mystico tag team, I think that's fine. But then you also have, they constantly have the Dream team or the Sky team. It's always the same guys. It's always Volador Jr., Valiente. 
um, Caristico Mystico. So I kind of want them to like change that. Like to me, I think it would make a little bit more sense to have Caristico Mystico and maybe bring in a third guy, a new guy, maybe Aldaz, even though Mystico wasn't very high on him, but Caristico at least was very high on him. Uh, maybe, maybe you bring in Atlantis Jr. to be the third guy in that, or, you know, you, you know, you get Fugaz to be the third guy on that. Um, you know, Volador Jr. maybe goes to a different group. I just think that's something that they should do. I think, I think there's a lot you could do with um, CML just to change it up a bit. And um, unfortunately, they're they're not really doing that. It's kind of uh, they're they're kind of being forced into doing it with Roosh and and all these guys leaving, but um, they haven't really replaced them with guys who are talented. I do like the like I said, I do like the the guys that you know Star Junior. I do think he has potential. I think I don't know if he's the main event guy, but I think he's in that next tier guy. He's probably in that third. I would say he's in the third tier guys, like maybe in the Jeremiah Junior, um, Black Panther. You know that group of guys. I think Black Panther should be switched over to a Rudo. He was talking about this on Informa. I do think he should be switched over as a Rudo. You don't necessarily have to switch Blue Panther Jr. as a Rudo. I wouldn't actually do that. I think I think Blue Panther Jr. You should like if you could get rid of Diamante Azul. I would just put Blue Panther Jr. in that spot because I mean, you know, they're basically the same guys. In fact, Blue Panther Jr. is probably better than Diamante Azul. At least he's not a he's not a total asshole like um, Diamante Azul, and. Black Panther on his own as a Rudo, I think would be something cool, something different. He's kind of been the guy who's been lost in the shuffle from that, what was it, the 2014 in Busca de un Idolo. He hasn't really been the guy who has really been moved up. In fact, I'm trying to remember who was in that. Because I think we I think we might have had, I think he might be the last guy who hasn't been moved up yet. Yeah, the in Busca de un Idolo, the guys that were in that, uh, well, Super Halcon Jr., Guerrero Negro Jr. are no longer in CMLL. Um, but you know, of the other guys, you have six other guys and really Black Panther's the last, the lowest rated guy, just because Dragon Lee, you know, he basically became a star and he's no longer in CMLL either. But then you have Carvernario, Hechicero, Star Art Jr. and Soberano Jr. And they've all pretty much surpassed, um, Black Panther. And I think Black Panther is really talented. I think he's, I think he should turn Rudo. I think he'd be some, it'd be fun. Him versus any of those guys would be really good. But he's already done it against them, so I think that's something that they should consider. You know, some of the other things, I think I think CML really should consider. I don't know. It's I kind of feel like they have to kind of like start dropping certain guys off the roster just because they're so bad. They should have a better standard of what they want. At the very least, if you're gonna have an opening match, have the opening match be like you know young guys or you know the guys coming in. You know, that doesn't, you know, they should do what IWRG does where they have opening matches and the opening match guys, some of them might pan out and stick around. Others might not even be around for too long, but at least it's something different. Not like it is with CML where it's just, you know, you know, if it's a min, if it's a minis match, it's Acero and Aereo versus Pequeño Nitro and Pequeño Violencia. If it's the opening match, it's usually poor Robin and, you know, maybe... Principe Diamante or Magnus versus Hijo del Signo and Hijo del Espanto Jr. or Inquisidor or, you know, guys like that. I think they got it. And they have the talent. Like, I think a lot of people will be like, they don't have the depth that they, they don't have the depth that they used to have. And I would agree they don't have the depth that they had. But they, I mean, how many guys do you really need to fill out a roster? I mean, they could easily get rid of 20, 30 guys and the promotion would be so much better. 
and you know they have a couple of guys like in the like I said there was one guy I thought the most impressive guy in the Grand Alternativa to me was um from Puebla Ar- Arcalis I thought he was really good but I think he would be a better he would be better suited as a Rudo um, he's somebody I would actually switch as a Rudo and actually have him work as that I think he has a I think he has like he has the potential to be like in that Rey Scorpion type of um, Rudo where he could be really good at some point. But um, if they're just going to keep him as a technical, he's really never going to get to show it because he's not going to be as flashy as some of the technicals ahead of him. Um, I would do that. Also, just because how many times can you have an undercard match where it's Dark Magic, Okumura, and Misterioso Jr. or Sagrado? That combination is just not very good. So I think that's something they have to do. There's about two, like, the Rudo side, there's a, two matches that the Rudos fill out that they, they're really bad. You know, it's funny because ever since, um, you know, not only have Roosh and Bestia the ring left, but also the clan hasn't been used since since the anniversary. You would think losing like Bestia the ring and the clan would improve the main events. The problem right now is that like the main events are just like the same thing we see all the time. Usually it's Sky Team versus Dinamitas or Sky Team versus Guerreros. Um, the same combination of guys, um, Chavez brothers versus Guerrero, Guerrero's Lagunero, Lagunero. So if I think if they like freshen that up a bit, um, I think it would be a little bit different. Like just it'd be actually a little better. And not only that, because the undercard, the undercard, like I said, it, it it doesn't sustain. Sometimes like like you'll have a promotion that has trouble on main events and semi main events, but they'll be able to be sustained by undercard matches. This used to happen with AAA where, you know, the main events were just horrible matches. But you always had, like, the really good uh, minis match or you had the women's match that was really good. Or you had, like, a like an undercard match that was really good. And, you know, that would be strong enough to at least, you know, keep you interested in watching the shows. Right now with CMLL, like, you know, if they just keep going with repetitive stuff, Hijos del Infierno are still the same trio over and over again. I just think they have to change something and, like, there's a couple, like, I think Cranio, Volcano teaming up with, like, like Titan or Sobrano Jr. or guys like that isn't a good move. I don't think, I would not have Cranio and Volcano as a tag team, especially if they're going to be technicals. If they're going to be Rudos, that's fine, just because they'd be a lot bigger bases, um, bigger targets for the for the high-flying technicals. But as, as technicals, uh, I just think it doesn't really work because they're they're just so big. That they don't really, I don't think it works. I, I think I think I would split those guys up and have Cranio back as a Rudo, and let Vulcano be a technical and have him them feud. I think that's something I would do instead of having them be a tag team. Um, there's so many other things that you could do with CML that would be a little bit um, make it a little bit more interesting, because right now it's like it's it's just so repetitive. And you know it's funny because I'll watch CML in Forma, and now the company line is that they they that you know. We, that there's a lot of critics online and and they're judging CMLL. Well, if you're not, you should attend the shows. If you're not attending the shows, you don't you don't know what you're talking about, which isn't isn't true. You could watch it. I mean, there's a lot of us who've been watching CML for the longest time. I mean, you're not going to tell me that CML right now um, is anywhere near as comparable as what it was um, three or four years ago when they had a lot more talent. It's not. It, you could tell they're trying to save money because they're not even like trying to add young guys who are really talented and they're not really trying to, you know, in the past when they would lose talent, they would bring in somebody. And, you know, right now they're not even doing that. Um, it just looks like it's, you know, they brought in some people, but it's like, 
it's not really going to make a big effect if they're just going to keep the same people over and over again. The women's division is a totally different matter. I don't know if I would blow it up. I would probably I would probably blow it up, but I don't know if that's that would be the actual solution anybody would want. To me, ideally, would be you build around La Magnifica just because I think she's way better than anybody else in the women's division. And you hope that maybe some of the older women kind of get the hint and kind of decide to go independent. Um, you know, your Tiffany's, Comandante. Comandante, I think you keep just because she's she's um, terrible second. He's That's whole, they're part of a, a, a gimmick, you know, together. There's so much stuff. Like the minis division, they've really done nothing to really improve it. The micros, they still have the same guys and... I don't know if they're going to be able to, how much longer we can go with um, that 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 concept if they're not going to add anybody else into it. Um, because, you know, Microman and Chamuel can only do so much to save this division. Um, everybody, else, everybody else in the division is either really not capable of working well or they're just getting older. You know, Mija is not going to be around a long time. Mija has the beatdown, the, the beatings he's taken, and in, in, not just in wrestling, you know, you hear the stories of him getting run over by a motorcycle and shit like that. Um, you know, he's 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 a tough kid. He's a tough guy. So, you know, it's funny if you're not if you haven't been on me his Facebook page. Um, he posts pictures of himself in his outfit with um, with his kids, and his kids are like way taller than him. Um, I think his I think his teenage son is already like twice his size. So, um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of an amusing thing. But you know, I think there's only so much you could expect from that. I think they have enough where you could actually do something and build it up. Um, they have a lot of, I, I do think they have a lot of time. Titan is somebody that they should really start putting more focus on. But like I said, the problem is really that, you know, these guys have to work on so many, like their schedule every week. They're, they're working so many matches that even if you fix the Friday shows, you're still going to have this issue with the other shows just because you're going to have to like, as far as like a programming department, you have to figure it out, not just for one show, but you're figuring it out for one show per week. You're actually figuring it out for, um, it's about what, seven, eight shows a week. So, um, although, you know, really, I think Guadalajara and Puebla do their own thing. I do think the one thing I would do with Puebla is I would like to see like some of their local guys get a little bit more of an opportunity to work higher on the card. Asturiano, Arcalis, you know, some of those guys should be a little bit um, used, you know, not just working openers or the second match. They should actually be used a little bit higher, just because I think it makes it, it sends the message to everybody in Puebla that their their guys aren't good enough to be in there with the with the Mexico City guys, and you know same thing with Guadalajara. Although I think in Guadalajara they've had a few guys, you know, at least be in big matches against um, CML guys. But you know I think that's something they should consider doing, just to make it a little different. Um, there's a lot of things you could do, uh, but unfortunately they are not doing it. Uh, so that's about it for this week. I, there's there there's i would expect the next big um news will be the will be whenever roosh and best of the ring and dragon lee where they end up going as far as whether or not they'll appear on triple a shows that should be the next big thing that happens i i don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of independent talent going to cmll for the time being i guess the next big thing in cml is going to be the legends show should be interesting to see who they bring in for that who they find as far as legends um, hopefully Jerry Estrada doesn't come back or the Trio Fantasia although I do want Super Raton back but the other two I could live without um, I think that's about it for this week check out the website for more updates luchaworld.com also check out my other website retrowrestling.com for a lot of old um, old school wrestling reviews 
I've been doing a lot of uh, Mid-South, World Class, I'm trying to think, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, a couple of other things as well. Lucha Libre, I've done a few. Um, I haven't done as much Lucha Libre or Japanese wrestling of late or, or even like World of Sport, but it's just because there's so much stuff to watch and so much stuff to do. Um, also, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Lucha World, um, Lucha Classicas, a bunch of Lucha Classicas, some magazine, Lucha Magazine write-ups. Um, started off the Retro Wrestling Podcast. There's going to be a second one I'll be posting. Like I said, that week I was away, really screwed up my schedule i think i'm getting caught up on that you know that's about it also listen to lucha talk if you want a a more up-to-date podcast on lucha libre i do that with dylan and microman fever that um i think i think we do that every week now we took a i think we take a week off when uh when there's only cmll and it's a dead like a slow show i don't know it's like like i said i think cml I think that's the other thing we're we're starting to see. Um, I remember a couple of years ago there was more lucha podcasts, but it kind of feels like I always warn people when people would say you don't do enough podcasts, you don't do enough podcasts. I warn people you, you can't expect that because lucha, you know, there are some periods during the year where there's just a, a lot less to talk about, and it kind of gets a little bit um, boring at times, and. Um, I think that's what we're getting with CMLL right now. AAA has been perfectly fine. I've really enjoyed AAA. You know, I kind of want to watch a little bit more. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch the Lucha Capital shows, um, although I've heard those are haven't been as good as last year's, um, which is unfortunate. I do think they, they should have kept the concept of singles matches and not three-way matches. I don't know why they had to do the three-way match. I mean, why do that? It, it, it made no sense. Should have just kept it singles matches. Um that's about it for this week though so we'll be back again real soon and like i said maybe we'll get kurt back on at some point as well so um talk to you guys later